we're talking about financial independence, retire early and having that as the money goal, because that's our ultimate goal. But um, every one of these concepts and steps also helps you get out of debt too. So this is the same, like take it away from one of you two, put it out in front, like Danielle is saying, use these same concepts of that budgeting, create it so that it aligns with your values and the lifestyle that you wanna live, build these habits, um, build these beliefs about money. Hi, this is Danielle and Kira. And you're listening to Scrunchify, a show by mamas for mamas. Here we cover all the creative ways to make money, save money, and invest to reach financial freedom and live the life you want. Welcome back. We're on for another exciting episode. So let's lay it down. Our show is different. We're two mamas, two women talking about money. You could go out there, search on the podcast about investing, about, you know, many advice, and you're not going to see a lot of women out there talking about it. So it's really cool that, you know, me and you are talking about it. We are sharing with other mamas, um, talking to our husbands about money. You would think it's the other way around, right? Um, where I know I would say, I'm going to stereotype and say there's a lot of you know, husbands out there that probably manage the finances 100% and a lot of women, uh, their spouses, they don't really get involved. Um, we're turning the tables here. We manage our finances and we had to get our spouse involved. Um, so I remember the first time I talked to my husband, one about money, um, you know, how much do you make? How much do I make? Let's talk about jobs. What do we think about our future? Kind of when we were starting to get a little more serious and then talking about um, having a money goal, we wanted to travel for a year after we got married. So that was our first money goal. And then talking to him about financial independence. Um, so that just blew the lid off <laughs> and really had to uh, you know, reevaluate life completely when that conversation came on. Um, so we wanna share with you talking about uh, money with your spouses. Um, what that looks like, how to get them involved if they're not involved, um, how to get them interested in financial independence, retire early if they're not interested. So Danielle, tell me a little bit about your husband. Um, what was his financial situation when you guys met? Did you talk about money? Was it taboo for you? And when did you talk to him about financial independence, retire early, the FIRE concept? So my husband, when I met him, was in between jobs, living in uh, Rwanda, East Africa. Fr he's from there, had never really been outside mm -hmm. of East Africa ever, never been on an airplane. Uh, oh. We were both, yes, he, he had trained as a lawyer, but was oh. unable to finish his degree. Uh, he didn't have enough money to complete it. There, so there was some drama. And so he was working for like a cell phone company left that and was hmm. in between jobs, Start went to this human rights learning program that I was in as a foreign per, like participant. Hmm. And that's how we met. And we didn't wow. talk too much about money just because there was such a difference, right? Mm -hmm. Like there you make like, you know, uh, like $100, $200 a month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my income was vastly different than that. So I talked a little bit about it, but, mm -hmm. you know, nothing like, um, it wasn't like a huge topic of conversation. 
we ended up being together long distance for a while and decided to have him come to the United States. So I actually had to sponsor him. So money was involved with that. I had to pay, Mm -hmm. you know, to bring him here. I had to make a certain amount of money, which I was making like $44,000 a year, which wasn't a lot, but it was enough to sponsor a person to come here. Wow. Uh, So I had already kind of learned about the fire movement and then like, a little bit later, I was like a like maybe a, a year after getting married, I was much more interested and involved in maxing out my accounts at mm-hmm. that point. Um, and I would tell him and he was semi interested, but not like completely. And uh, I just kept inviting him and kept showing him the numbers. And I would get really excited, mm-hmm. like, hey, like, you know, in 10 years, we could like be totally financially independent. And like, this is what that means. Uh, so I just kept the enthusiasm. And <laughs> Um, I also shared a lot about my frugality. Like the first time he came here, like he came with like one pair of pants and like three shirts. So like the first thing we did was went wow. to Goodwill. And honestly, I hadn't been to Goodwill in a long time since I saw him. Uh, I hadn't, I hadn't been to Goodwill for many years. And so mm-hmm. when he came, that was like the first time I'd been for a long time. And it like reignited the spark of like, there's awesome clothes here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I ended up like buying my wedding dress there, which was oh, like, wow not really a wedding dress and mm-hmm. it, it, but anyway we got him like a full wardrobe for like a hundred dollars or something like that wow. what did he so, think about that for like him full, yeah in east africa secondhand clothes are actually preferred they're usually like the nicer clothes like clothes oh. that are able to be secondhand are not cheap knockoff items that's awesome so he didn't have any like stigma around it cool okay it was all very new he had never been out of East Africa right mm-hmm. so he's here in this totally new environment there's this like crazy lady that he's marrying who you know <laughs> is, like, <laughs> frugal. Um, but I, I had you know nice things I had this pretty much very new condo you know it's only like seven-year-old condo that I just bought I had a pretty new car like a two-year-old car so like things looked really like nice mm-hmm. and fancy especially coming from where he was coming from. Everything looks really different here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you're in the Bay area. I'm in the Bay area, which I don't think he understood. He didn't understand what that meant for a little bit until he realized, and he went to like Texas and other places and realized the difference between the Bay area and like other parts of the United States. Mm -hmm. So, so I was very frugal. And I think eventually that kind of like became just our culture I don't know naturally before that if he would have been frugal or not. I think that's a question. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he knows either. It's kind of like you never know what life would have been like if it was different, right? Yeah. So so we just – we were frugal, but we also traveled a lot. And we talked about money, but only really, like, honestly, like, last night was probably one of the first times where I realized, like, he's kind of interested in finances. Like he was telling me that he was telling his other friends, like, you know, he's connected with a lot of people who immigrated from Rwanda that, that live here and Texas nice. and all over. And he encouraged them to get a, a Roth IRA. What? Like I didn't even oh know if he really kind of like really knew what that was. Right. Even yeah. he had one. I've been funding his Roth IRA or I started funding it like the second he got here. Wow. Um, that's and, so cool. And he took it over. But uh-huh. um, yeah. So like, he's really into it now. And he under he he's on the same page as far as spending. Like probably he spends a little bit more than me, mm-hmm. but but not dramatically. Like we have a little bit of a difference in like value of the dollar and what to do mm-hmm. with it, but not not dramatic. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. Now, does he get stressed out when you talk about money these days? 
No, I think that he's excited when he looks at our progress. Like if mm-hmm. our net worth jumps up for any reason, like the stock market goes up, I'll kind of show him like, look, look at this, you know, just get him excited. I'll also show him the downturns and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. but he's learned not to say, should we pull out? Like, I've, right. Okay. Like, I've sat him down and been like, that's exactly what we're not supposed to do at this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's stressful. It gets stressful if like, you know, for example, we both upgraded our phones. Mm. recently and Mm -hmm. for me that kind of causes anxiety because I start to feel like oh well if we open this floodgate you know like we're gonna then we should just upgrade everything so it was more me and then you know he really wants something and it's just a little like negotiation like well does it have to be like the iPhone 14 or can it be like Mm -hmm. the iPhone 11 you know what I mean and and he he's fine with the iPhone 11 and it was you know a fraction of the price right wow what about what about you is money a contentious topic or we have we've come a long way so me and my husband we've been together for like almost 15 years um he's from peru so he moved here when he was like 19 years old um a a lot of his family was here and so they kind of sponsored him to come here um he had to learn english he it was like still very second second language for him uh now people don't even realize that he speaks spanish his english is so well um but so when he moved here he you know was working um little odds and end jobs that he could do where he couldn't really you know didn't have to speak that much so he was like a uh like car washing and um worked in a grocery like stocking and stuff um so he was earning income and then he went to college but then he kind of like dropped out because he was like couldn't afford it um so his money his family didn't have any money to help support him so he had to work you know and when he was living in peru he was living very poor. You know, it was just him and his mom and one bedroom for his entire life, um, living at other people's houses. His mom was disabled by the time she was 30. Um, so he was actually helping a lot with that. So he kind of grew up in a very like frugal environment because there just wasn't anything to go around. Um, his Some of his family members from the U.S. would send him stuff and that would be his only new thing. So he really knew how to value and um, take care of things so that it would last longer. And I think a lot of that kind of stuck with him coming to the U.S. Now, I, when I met him, he was a bartender. We met partying. So I think some things kind of changed a little bit. Um, he did have some consumer debt when we finally started talking about money. But um, he still was like living a little bit within his means. He was It wasn't like too far out of, out of uh, reach. When we met and we didn't really talk about money but then when we started like dating and really kind of were getting a little more serious and saying that we wanted to get married we started talking more about money and I kind of opened up to say tell him how much I was earning um, to kind of just be a little bit more transparent and I remember asking him later on and years later and I told him about that that conversation he's like I don't remember you telling me that (laughs) I'm like okay I guess that didn't mean anything you know so um so we wanted to get married and we wanted to travel. So that was like our first together money goal. And I told him, I was like, look, it's going to cost us, you know, each like $10,000 to travel for a year in Europe. I, um, did a little bit of research and was, uh, 
Nomadic Matt, he's got a website. He talks about living in Europe on $50 a day. So we did that as a couple, pretty much like $50, $40 a month or $40 a day um, traveling Europe and Asia. But I told him, I was like, we need to save 10 grand within two years so that we can go and do this. And he was like completely on board. He's like, okay, what do we have to do? Um, and it was like, okay, we're not going to eat out as much. You know, we're going to skill, we're not going to buy. You know, we're not going to be, be buying new clothes and new things for the house or anything, anything like that, because we want to ditch it all and go and travel. We weren't, we didn't want to keep like a storage unit or anything. We ended up with just a couple boxes at the end um, that we kept at our uh, family's house. So that helped not buying and purchasing new things. So we kind of started like with this um, uh, together, we started changing our habits as a couple and we've done that a lot throughout our lives. So I think that has really set us up. But even when I sat down and said like, hey, you know, we're making great progress, but maybe we could do better. And he would just like, it would be so stressful. And I remember telling him like, okay, if we want to talk about money, do I need to let you know a week in advance um, <sighs> so that this <laughs> it doesn't become like, you know, an argument or something? So, so eventually that kind of like smoothed over a little bit. Um, and then six months before we were going to quit our jobs and travel, I found financial independence retire early. And I told him about that. And he was just like, what? Okay, wait a minute. Should we be quitting and traveling? Maybe we should pivot to do, to do that. Maybe we should be focusing and change our money goal to be, you know, try to retire early. And I was really shocked because I, I mean, it's hard to get your partner on board and he was kind of like a hundred percent on board. You know, he's like, retire early. That's great. He, he like does not like to be tied down to somebody else's schedule. So you tell him, you know, I need you to come in working, you know, nine to five Monday through Friday. Like that gives them some stress and anxiety because, you know, there's a lot of life things that happen and you want to pivot with it and you can't when you're stuck into an employer schedule. Well, I, that's probably a little different than what a lot of people are used to that, you know, my, my, my husband kind of jumped on board with financial independence, um, fairly early within our journey, but it's because we had those spending habits two years prior, um, that we've changed for traveling. Um, but I would say even after that time frame, there was still like stress that came out of, and there was still a lot of education and learning about investing and that risk in the stock market, like you said, with your partner. But the thing that I did the same with you was like, Hey, okay, let's use this, um, net worth tracker. Let's, let's track our, our journey. Let's track, you know, our wins and then look at when the market is going down. Um, let's, let's try to educate ourselves together. So I would send him articles and information, even though sometimes it just falls in deaf ears, but like every now and then in passing, I'll just like, you know, Hey, there's like a, there's a, I series bonds and they're, you know, 9.6% or our bank just came out with like a 5% CD and we can earn 5%. Like if we put this much money in, that means we're making, you know, this much money a month, like, and we don't have to work for it. You know, just feeding him that information a little bit at a time, um, easily digestible has helped bring him along on the journey. And like nowadays I'm the one who's the spender. <laughs> uh, so more frugal than I am um, with, a lot of things. So, uh, I, that, I think he has fallen back on those traits of like when he grew up younger and just didn't have a lot to go around. He values like keeping his money. He knows the importance. Like we do want to retire early. We 
came up, what does that look like? What does retiring early look like? So we sat down and said, what do we want to do with our lives during that time? And I think what helped was when we went on that trip, um, we knew we could feel like, yes, we don't have to, nobody's calling at our door to like show up to work. Um, we had the freedom to do the things that we really wanted to do. Um, we've sat down and, and created that, that dream of what we want to do when we retire. If you're looking to get your partner on board with financial independence, with money goals or anything, you should be asking them one, what will motivate them to save money and beyond like wanting to buy a boat or like take a trip to Greece or something. Um, those are great also, but it, um, ask your partner, what's their ideal day if they didn't have to work? Boil that down to what really brings them happiness. Um, because I think that will bring them on board faster to wanting to save money. Instead of like coming at our partners, trying to correct them or nag them or mm -hmm. kind of get in and try to control them. It's useful to see ourselves as like salespeople, right? We're everybody's selling something all the time. Once they kind of just make peace with that, like it's just true, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead of kind of going with the negative side of like, hey, you need to cut your spending, like this is what we're going to be doing. Don't you want this? Blah, blah, blah. We got to come in with like the, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if you could literally do whatever you want? pretty much mm -hmm. all day every day like you want to go and just spend a year in Costa Rica like let's just do it right because yeah. you're financially free whereas you could have spent that money on a brand new car and mm -hmm. maybe a bigger house and now you can't go to Costa Rica for a year mm -hmm. so it's really aligning with the values like being clear on like where are your values now you're part you're spouse partner may say I want the new car I don't want to yeah. have the freedom to go to Costa Rica and I think that's that's a that's difficult because that may be how they truly feel mm -hmm. and that's really a conversation of okay well you may have different values so how you can how can you both get your needs met maybe they get a semi-used car that's still nice new to them mm -hmm. but not necessarily so expensive so maybe it sets you back from your fire goal like a year and that's a compromise you make so that both of you are getting your needs met. So sometimes it's it's a compromise, mm -hmm. right? And and sometimes you can be a great salesperson and bring them on board and get them really motivated, which I think for the most part has been my story, right? Is that I really sold this pretty well. You know, I got really <laughs> excited. I love money. Like, I love it so much. I'm doing this, right? So obviously, it's been a big hobby of mine to just kind of figure this stuff out. And I think that some of that was infectious, right? And he mm. caught some of it. I didn't realize how much he caught. He caught quite a bit of it. And he's excited about it too. Even though he plans on working for, I don't know, for 30 years. Mm -hmm. he He's still excited about the fact he could just like quit for two years and we could just yeah. like travel the world. So yeah. that motivates him more than a car. But that isn't going to be everyone. And money really, it's like that root chakra, scrunchy mamas, okay? Yeah. It's been the survival plexus of our life right so it's like it can be triggering for people let's just be honest it's triggering for me like yeah. spending money is hard for me it's super mm -hmm. hard to like go on vacation and and know that that money is leaving because I have and there's going to be a post on this coming up pretty soon mm -hmm. bag lady syndrome which is basically <laughs> where I have a deep-seated fear that I will end up in poverty mm -hmm. 
And that could be from the way I was raised, the fact that my parents went through bankruptcy and were houseless for a while. Um, but it's there, right? Mm-hmm. And so threats to my money, even like little ones, like getting charged a fee when I wasn't expecting it, mm. can set me off, can make me feel really upset. Well, so I think we need to learn about our partners. Like, are they dealing with that too? When we bring mm-hmm. up topics about money, are we kind of getting into their root chakra, their yeah. their survival and threatening it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this piece which happens with people that immigrate to this country. It happens with people from this country mm-hmm. where you feel like you deserve nice things. You work hard. You should have yeah. those nice things. And it's it's hard to kind of confront that directly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could you could probably you'd probably get some defensiveness if you just confront that. It's deep in our culture. It's deep in capitalist, materialistic culture. And the only way to really kind of deal with that is to start breaking it apart a little bit and seeing if that can mm-hmm. be transferred somewhere else. Like, for example, I definitely feel that way sometimes. Like, oh, like, these people have such a nice house. Like, I want to sit there on a porch drinking, you know, whatever <laughs> on that porch. I, why don't I have a porch with a yard, you know? Uh-huh. But then I start to think, like, first of all, one day I could have that for sure. But that I value my freedom more mm. than that. Would I want that house? Like that, you don't just get that house. Mm-hmm. You don't just get the car. You get the house and the car with with a, a subtraction of your freedom and your mm-hmm. life energy to pay for those things. Yeah. And when I look at it like that, I don't feel like I'm missing out because I would much rather have time freedom mm-hmm. and flexibility in my life than to have this really nice thing that basically chains me to it and forces me to work when I don't want to. Yeah, I'd rather live in a small house with my children and be able to do whatever I want, take them on vacations, homeschool them, wake up late and just hang out, than have a huge house where I have to bring them to daycare because I have to work this super strict nine to five job plus a side hustle to pay for those really nice things. Mm-hmm. So it's really a choice. Uh, and we really need to work with our partners, work with ourselves to kind of figure out, like, what what do we really want? Mm-hmm. I think one thing that would really help um, for uh, trying to bring your partners on board is, like, financial date night. So do set up, like I mentioned before, like, oh, do I need to tell you a week before so that we can talk about money? Do that. Um, set up time, schedule it out so that you're not thinking about it all the time and that you are both mentally prepared and emotionally prepared. Like we're talking about that root chakra. Um, I think going to a financial coach or a financial planner can help. Uh, we interviewed uh, a friend of our friend of mine, Julie, and she talked about going to that um, planner and how it really helped. There can be kind of like a, a, a counselor for you um, to kind of hash out some you know, emotional triggers and ties to money, come up with a money goal uh, together, what you are aligned on. Um, Of course, financial planners these days don't really understand the concept of FIRE, financial independence, retire early. So you're going to have to school them a little bit (laughs) if you want that to be a goal. But I mean, we all want to retire eventually uh, or just have financial security. They understand that concept. Um, both of you get a net worth tracking app, uh, expense tracker, budget tracker. Both of you have it on your phone. Pl- 
plug in uh, the accounts and uh, whether they go into it or not, at least they have it. And if you talk about it, maybe eventually one, at some point they'll log in and say, oh, wow, but set it up for them on their phone. Um, so that could be a really helpful tool. I, we, me as a family, we don't do cash envelopes, but I know that could be helpful for some people. Uh, if you if one of your partners do spend more, um, either using like a credit card where there's a limit, a, a debit card where there's a limit or those cash envelopes, like, uh, you know, you've got a hundred bucks for the month. I mean, you don't want to be the one who's kind of dictating that. You don't want to have that uh, emotional pressure on your relationship telling your partner that they can't spend a certain amount of money. But you can say, hey, I'm doing this for myself and then maybe get them on board that way. Um, or say, I've only set aside $50 for the kids this month, you know, do it for your kids and, and show like how that's going to help um, your your budget that month. And maybe your partner will get on board. Key there is to just keep them involved mm -hmm. and to be honest uh, and, and address their concerns if they bring them up, if they yeah. feel like they're being controlled or that the budget's too tight. Like we sat down and this is really the first year we did this where we really sat down and like made a real budget together and I wow. asked for Im input and feedback and asked him what he wanted and we mm -hmm. both kind of figured out like well how much fun money should there be and what mm -hmm. type of things do we like to do for fun and what should we cut out and are you okay with cutting that out and what would that be like for you if you don't go to the restaurant all the time uh what would it be like how much how many times do you want to go to the coffee shop like allowing mm -hmm. things and it gives kind of yeah. like permission to do the things that we like yeah and also cuts away the things that we don't like and then we have this clear budget that includes everything we want mm -hmm. and it still helps us achieve our financial goals so it's like everyone gets their needs met and being honest I think is extremely important like for example I really don't want expensive gifts yeah and I, my partner knows that right mm -hmm. like he knows that when it's my birthday, like, please don't get me some random thing that costs $300. Like I would much yeah. rather invest that. Like your right. wife, like wants VT SAX. Like that's what <laughs> I want for Christmas. And that's what I want oh my for gosh. my birthday. So please don't get me anything else. Um, I mean, that's just who I am yeah. right now. Yeah. Everyone's going to be a big nerd like that. Some people do want cool stuff, which that's great. But honestly, right now, like, I can't think of many things that like physical material things that I want. Yeah, that's a great thing to cut out of a budget. Like, honestly, if you are, you know, you two spouses, you have everything you need in your house. Like me and my husband, we don't really exchange gifts for any, um, for like birthdays or Christmas. Like if we need something, we'll go and get it. Um, that's not our love language. <laughs> what yeah. those, uh, the, oh, I think I have the book. The five quality love, time. Five love quality languages. time. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> my, my husband got it. So that's cool. I'm wow. leaving it here um, next to the bedside because my place is going to be Airbnb next month. So maybe the next oh. couple will read it. Um, yeah, but wow. me and my husband both like, yeah, quality time. That's And so that really ties into that retiring early um, because quality time is a love language that we share. So we want to be able to spend that time together. Um, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't sit down with a budget. I've hardly ever sat down with a budget. We just have that expense tracking to just kind of like uh, guardrails of what we spend our money on. But the reason why is because me and my husband jumped on board together. Um, we both jumped on board for financial independence, retire early. So every time we make a purchase, like that's in our mind, it has helped us, um, 
stop frivolously spending, mindless spending, because we know when we trade that dollar, we're trading that time. You go to work, you know, nine to five, you make whatever, $100 for the day, and you go and, you know, spend half of that on eating out. So you just, you know, worked half the day just so you can go and eat. And when you have that uh, shared goal, that could be helpful. Budget tool can be helpful. Sitting down as a couple, talking through it. Um, money is a real stress in a relationship and it can tear a lot of um, families apart. So you just want to be delicate with how you um, have that conversation. Reach out to people that you, you know, need advice from um, and just be, you know, be gentle with that conversation. There is no right, right and wrong, not black and white. And I think there are, there are benefits to both sides. Mm -hmm. Someone being a little bit looser with spending can help someone who's a little too tight with spending, which is kind of like our dynamic. Uh, It's similar. I see it as like having a healthy diet, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's all about behavior. This is all about changing your behavior. Mm -hmm. Having a healthy diet, fresh fruits and vegetables. We all know that's important, but not Mm -hmm. all of us do it right because there's a lot of ease just going and getting the prepared thing or it's a lot of work or it doesn't Mm -hmm. taste as good and then if you get too focused on eating healthy and you do not allow yourself to have any other types of food I mean that gets very very restrictive and that would be the same with a budget right if you get so restrictive that you can't have things that bring you joy or that exciting for you like you can't go out with your friends because you don't want to spend ten dollars on a drink or whatever Mm -hmm. um I think that that really defeats the purpose. The purpose is here is to have a good life, you know? So we're trying to strike a balance. Like you can budget going out and have an expensive overpriced drink with your friends every Mm -hmm. month. You know, you just don't want to do that every day and you want to make sure the numbers align, but you can't, you know, by default, you don't just cut everything. Mm -hmm. You need some extraneous spending. You need some weird, you know, frivolous stuff right like because that's life and you need a flexibility and this is all about creating flexibility so this Mm -hmm. this can become something that comes in between you and your partner and I think that what we're trying to say is you kind of take it from in between you you put it in front of both of you and Mm -hmm. you both try to figure out how to get all of your needs met by kind of modifying this thing and if that means that you spend an extra $500 a year because your partner just loves really expensive organic coffee yeah. Is that really going to demolish your fire number? Probably right. not. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if you can control your housing expense, if you control your transportation expenses, if you can control your food expenses, the recurring expenses, an extra coffee, mm-hmm. even to the tune of $500 a year, is really not going to make or break much. Yeah. And if that keeps your partner happy and keeps your marriage better and happier $500 is worth it it's definitely less expensive than a marriage counselor so yeah we're talking about financial independence retire early and having that as the money goal because that's our ultimate goal but um every one of these concepts and steps also helps you get out of debt too so this is the same like take it away from one of you two put it out in front like Danielle is saying Use these same concepts of that budgeting, create it so that it aligns with your values and the lifestyle that you want to live, build these habits, um, build these beliefs about money, and that will help you as well get out of debt. Um, And then once you get out of debt, 
keep all that foundation in place and change that goal from debt, swap it out to financial independence, financial security, and keep marching towards it together as a couple. If you have enjoyed the show, please share with another scrunchy mama and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For show notes, resources, and links to our other video shorts, check out our website, scrunchify.com.